Among the many things Abraham Lincoln said and wrote that was filled with wisdom and insight, probably a lot of that you know you've heard before, but probably you haven't heard this. Abraham Lincoln said both parties deprecated war, but one of them would make war rather than let the nation survive, and the other would accept war rather than let it perish, and the war came. That sounds right about now, doesn't it? Because we're in a culture war that seems to be ongoing all the time, but it's escalated. We need to de-escalate it. How do we do that? I'm Sheila Lagminas. You're in the forum. Welcome back. I'm so glad you're there. There's so much to tell tell you about and share with you during these uh, many times I visit with you and you visit with me here in the forum. It's a forum of ideas. The arena of ideas is what the forum was back in the ancient times and even in modern times. The marketplace of ideas is our modern day forum. That's what social media, all of them are all about, the different forms of social media, the form of ideas. Ideas is where action begins, a thought, right? A thought uh, starts with an idea, and then it becomes that, that thought that, that entrenches itself, and then that becomes the behavior we act out on based upon the ideas we have. But as I noted at the start of my book several a few years ago, that we the people are losing our ability to think clearly or reason well. And therefore, we become largely unable to have civil discourse with each other. And that was back before 2020, when things devolved. We virtually lost the art of argument. We no longer have a common language with the moral grammar of our founders, the grammar of ethics that formed our, our nation and our tradition that shaped our, uh, our direction. So we have to reclaim that. We, are, we have this characteristic Christian element in the Judeo-Christian culture and ethic of America from the founding documents. And so it's time to reclaim that because these are our principles and our values. This is what we have to contend with all the time, people denying that that even exists. How does a nation or any large community of people determine what is true, right, and good in, in, in structuring the governing documents of that nation? They aren't dated to when they were written. They transcend that. So do rights. Certain rights don't come from the government or the state, capital S. They predate the state. Therefore, the state can't take them away. Can the state deny you your freedom? In a way, there are certain things that even Alexander Solzhenitsyn and others who have been imprisoned, some in concentration camps, never lost. If they did not give up, if they did not give up their hope, if they did not give up their faith, They were never fully imprisoned. No one can take that from you. So that's why we can't can't deny our rights, and we can't deny the rights of others. We have to contend for that. The Declaration of Independence appealed to the laws of nature and nature's God in its opening statement. And it assumed that the powers of the earth is separate and equal station to which God entitles them, that that was something probably that wouldn't devolve so much over these years, but it did. The United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights, that's an international body, the UN. It it opens with a preamble starting off with this. 
it recognized that the inherent human dignity and of the and the equal and inalienable rights of all members of the human family is the foundation of freedom, justice, and peace in the world. It's good to recall these things right now. It writes this in the UN document, whereas disregard and contempt for human rights have resulted in barbarous acts which have outraged the conscience of mankind and the advent of a world in which human beings enjoy freedom of speech and belief and freedom from fear and want has been proclaimed as the highest aspiration of the common people. And whereas the people of the United Nations have in the charter reaffirmed their faith in fundamental human rights, the dignity and worth of the human person and the equal rights of men and women and have determined to promote social progress and better standards of life and in larger freedom. It goes on and on, whereas, whereas, and finally wraps into this. Therefore, the General Assembly of the United Nations proclaims this universal declaration of human rights as a common standard of achievement for all peoples and all nations, to the end that every individual and every organ of society, keeping this declaration constantly in mind, will strive by teaching and educating to promote respect for these rights and freedoms, to secure their universal and effective recognition and observance, both among the peoples of the member states and the peoples of beyond those territories. That's the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. That body would do well to go back and read that and their founding charter. You know, in these times, in one of... Pope Francis's Wednesday audiences leading up to Pentecost 2013. He was giving a catechesis on, on the creed of the Catholic faith. And Pope Francis focused on the actions of the Holy Spirit. And he said this, literally, this quote is from Pope Francis. We are living in an age when people are rather skeptical of truth. Sounds so Francis-like, doesn't it? What you think? Skeptical of the truth. That was in 2013. We're in 2020 where it's more than skepticism of truth. It's, it's a re-declaration of it or a reappropriation of it. I know I, I've got an article, we'll talk about this on another podcast, where Oprah Winfrey in Accepting a Golden Globe talked about the importance, the most powerful thing you have, she said. And I'll have that quote exactly when we discuss it in a, a future podcast. The most powerful thing you have is your truth. Speak your truth. So there, that's using language to change it from the truth to your truth. You have your truth and I have my truth. You know, there is such a thing as the truth. So Pope Francis went on to say, the Pope, his predecessor, Pope uh, Benedict XVI, had frequently spoken of relativism. Pope Francis said the tendency to consider nothing definitive and to think that truth comes from consensus or from something we like, said Pope Francis. Oh, does that sound so familiar today? Yes. But he also said, Pope Benedict did, that we live in a culture unmoored from its Judeo-Christian roots. And that was a very long time ago, several, well, many years ago now that he said that. Unmoored from its Judeo-Christian roots, our culture, an increasingly secular culture with no reference to God. In that, in that environment, he warned, or in this envir environment, tolerance, he says, has degenerated into indifference toward permanent values. But even though Christians are reluctant to make a public witness to faith in this prevailing secular culture, he also warned that resigning ourselves to public indifference to truth was the heart of the crisis of the West. Wow. Think about that. The heart of the crisis of the West is public indifference to truth. 
How many people are afraid right now? I mean, seriously, this is soul searching. Afraid to proclaim truth or just stand up for it or just in clarity with charity in your social media platforms to people in your sphere of influence or circle of friends. How often are people quiet when it comes to uttering uttering truth to them if what they're saying you feel or know in your faith-based beliefs to be not true about the human person and doesn't uphold the human dignity of all people, how often are you afraid to do that? Or someone out there, many people, afraid to do that? Or to speak up? That's why Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. figures so prominently in, in my writing. And I, I noted a lot in my book, some of his writings, about these specific things. Dr. Martin Luther King issued his famous and eloquent letter from Birmingham jail in April 6, 20, uh, 1963. And a lot of people may know that letter, but may not know to whom he wrote it. Who was he writing that letter to from Birmingham jail? Fellow clergymen. Why? Fellow Christian clergymen who did not want him coming to, to bring his march to Birmingham. They did not want him there because they did not want trouble in Birmingham. And they, they tried to keep him out. And they asked him why he came there. And that's hence his letter. And he said, because injustice is here. He said, just as the prophets of the 8th century B.C. left their villages and carried out their thus saith the Lord far beyond the boundaries of their own hometowns. And just as the apostle Paul left his village of Tarsus and carried the gospel of Jesus Christ to the far corners of the Greco-Roman world. Martin Luther King wrote, so am I compelled to carry the gospel of freedom beyond my own hometown. He said, like Paul, I must constantly respond to the Macedonian call for aid. We are living, as both Pope John Paul II and Benedict have warned, as if God did not exist. Staying with Dr. Martin Luther King another minute, Dr. King said, asked this question, how does one determine whether a law is just or unjust? Look at the laws today and look at the actions today. Let's just say the activism today for causes over laws, breaking laws, breaking laws in the name of so-called social justice reform. There are, there are times of the kind of civil disobedience Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King did and led the movement to do, proclaiming always that it be a peaceful demonstration, that it be peaceful civil disobedience when it comes to the call for civil disobedience. And he asked, well, how does one determine whether a law is just or unjust? Dr. King wrote, a just law is a, is a man-made law that squares with the moral law or the law of God. He wrote that. And un- what's well, also true. An unjust law, he wrote, is a code that is out of harmony with the moral law. And then Dr. King said, to put it in the terms of St. Thomas Aquinas, an unjust law is a human law that is not rooted in eternal law and natural law. Any law that uplifts human personality is just. Any law that degrades human personality is unjust. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. He's being cited a lot, but a lot of people cherry-pick that, especially in the media, cherry-pick his different speeches. And the one, famously, at the Lincoln Memorial in Washington when the mall was just filled with humanity as far as the camera eye could catch and see, that the address had so much powerful, not just rhetoric, thoughts, ideas, 
that's the start of a revolution, ideas. And that's when he proclaimed the rights of all God's children, the rights for all God's children. That's what we should be proclaiming for now. Who's, who says should, right? What's the should? The should is what we ought to be doing, the natural law written on the human heart. We're going to be talking a lot about that here in the forum. And I want to share that with you. This is just sort of a another let's get going episode to really get going here in the forum. I have so many great guests for you. I've had them for so many years now on in the different media outlet work works I've done, radio programs in print and writing and interviewing. And so many of my guests have been good friends. They either were friends who became guests or guests who became friends. And many of them are going to join me here in the forum over time to bring you updated information, updated news, because this is news analysis and commentary. But largely what you can expect here is the story behind the story. What you're not hearing in a lot of places in news media, just the general news at large. I mean, I have an in case you missed it feature as part of this in the forum. I mean, a lot of things you're missing because you're not gathering the news to the degree that a journalist like myself, who just simply loves with a passion what I do, gathering the news, brings in. I want to share with you. I've been that way since I was a little kid. I, I made my own newspapers when I was nine and 10 years old because I, I couldn't wait to tell the story. I would cut out newspaper pictures, but I would write the story myself because I want to tell the story as best as I can determine it to be factual, sourcing, double sourcing, and triple sourcing things straight from the source and not from hearsay and not from social media and not from rumor, but what I can really determine through research is true. I'm bringing you great guests. I'm excited about that. I really look forward to all of these great conversations coming up in the future. Sometimes it'll be me doing commentary. Sometimes it'll be a guest in studio, and sometimes it'll be a guest wherever they are, that's the beauty of our technology today, right? We can connect in so many ways. That's why during the coronavirus times, I don't like the term social distancing. I know it has to be used for that, but I call it spatial distancing because we're not socially distant. We are so socially connected. Ah, speaking of that, I'm going to be having a, a conversation coming up here in the next few days, I think. It'll be within three, I think, on something that is really important to me to, to share with you, the idea of our interconnectedness. And really interesting angles on that, how we are interconnected in ways you can't imagine. Think of everything you consume, everything material you can put your finger, your hands on, you put, put your finger on. That's a material thing that you don't even know who all was involved in the world behind that, and it for behind that being in front of you right now. It's just wonderful to think of how interconnected we are, how we each individual person. Can each be responsible for other people being happy, being tragically sad, being isolated? So there's a lot here in the forum, but there are going to be great guests. And I love sharing my great guests with you because we have great conversations and you're part of that. So let me hear from you. The email address is inforum at comcast.net. That's inforum, I-N-F-O-R-U-M. Think the forum. Inforum at comcast.net. I would love to hear from you. And also find me on, on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, at Sheila Reports, and I'd love to hear from you there as well. I have a lot to share with you. I'm excited to do so. 
So join me here in the forum. I've got plenty more coming. Tell others about it. I'll be posting things on social media about this platform and my other platforms and actually just the writing I do. That's connected here in the forum as well in blog posts in forumblog.com.